On this episode's intro segment with Grandma Belidi, Grandma and I discussed how everyone ages differently. We were talking earlier about um, getting older and women too, and you were talking about yeah. hot flashes and that kind of stuff. Oh yes, uh, yes we were. Uh, indeed, uh, uh, my, my friend used to get hot flashes and very uncomfortable. She would sweat and so it was awful. I never got any of that. I, she said, oh, I used to have hot flashes. I wonder when is my hot flashes coming? But it never came, it never came. I was very lucky. I never had all that transaction. Sure. But it, it's have different things for different people, you know? Different. Sure, yeah, I mean, everyone's body's different, genes yeah, are different, environment's right. different. Or yeah. if you're not wearing jeans, corduroys, or whatever you're wearing yeah, are different, yeah. right? <laughs> it's true, very true, <laughs> yes, yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Counter. On this episode, we are here in Clifton, New Jersey, and obviously you guys know John, compounding pharmacist, HP Pharmacy, but today we have a special guest, uh, Dr. Boyle, and we are at her offices in Clifton, New Jersey here, and Dr. Boyle is a medical doctor trained in medical acupuncture, functional and regenerative medicine, homeopathic medicine use, and metabolic nutrition. Um, and of course, this is obviously very relevant to our topic of hormones and hormone health this whole season two of Behind the Counter. So thank you very much, Dr. Boyle, for taking the time You're to welcome. Great to join be here. us here thank on you. the show. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, cool. <laughs> At the so, office. Of course. And actually, speaking of the office, I did want to lead with this. So this is a funny story, I guess, for yeah. my dad and I. The first time we visited your office, we were in the middle of this very heated argument. Honestly, I don't even remember what we were arguing about. But I can't recall myself. Yeah, clearly something very important. But we I were remember very though why we it. stopped arguing. Right, exactly. Yeah. So we walk into your office and you had it's just the ambiance, the essential oils that you had going, and like literally it was the most noticeable just switch in mood. At least personally, I think you felt that no, too. No, 100%. We were like Oh, so nice. Right. Before I know we're hugging. Yeah, 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 arm in arm, walking out of your office like that. Like <laughs> any time. Story. It's a I know. Any time I get asked about essential oils or anything like that, I always share that story and just like the eye. It just completely changed the mood and everything. And so that's important for essential oils because essential oils actually change energy. So we're all just energy. And essential oils, when you use them, they go to the uh, centers of the brain that change energy, the trauma centers of the brain, and immediately can change from one level to the other. So if, if you can diffuse the oil like we do in the office mm -hmm. to uh, keep people in a calm mood, because I do medical acupuncture as well, so uh, if we can get to the trauma center of the brain, you're right. relaxing the person. And uh, if you diffuse oils in your home, you can do that, right? If you even just put the oils on your hand and inhale it, you can change the energy. And there's different types of oils for different things. So you would want to maybe, if you're going to take a test, you might want to use highest potential, right? Mm. So you put the highest potential on and you inhale it and it goes to the brain and you're clear and your, your thinking is clear. So there are different oils for different energies uh -huh. and that's why you were mellow when you walked out, thank <laughs> yeah, so, God. So that went on, which that have been like And no lavender. charge for that, by yeah, the that way. Was, yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was great. You should keep that like, with, like at work or at home when if the things are getting out of hand, right. just start every... Uh, yeah. And, and people them. do that. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Just get a diffuser and have it there and if the pharmacist... 
is calm. Everybody else right. is calm. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. That makes sense. Cool. So specifically, you specialize, well, you specialize in a lot of stuff, but today as it relates to hormones, um, for this episode, we kind of wanted to do a, a high level overview of, okay, this is what your hormones are, this is why they're important and why we should care about it, especially as we get older and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so I guess let's, let's start there. So can you explain a little bit, you know, what your hormones are in your body and why they're important? I think people are familiar with, you know, sure. some of them, but. Sure. So hormones are just messengers. So just like the oil was the messenger and changed right. things, hormones are just messengers. They're messengers that are uh, created by your glands, like the thyroid gland in your neck, or if you're female, your ovary, or if you're male, your testes. And so they're, they're messengers to go through the bloodstream to the certain organs to keep them strong. So if it's a messenger to the bone, it's going to be a message to keep your bones strong and dense, right? If it's a message to the thyroid, it's going to help the thyroid do what it needs to do. And the thyroid uh, keeps us from being constipated, keeps hair on your head, keeps your temperature wet, uh, normal, right? So uh, the, the, the message has to be there in order for us to have a homeostasis of the body. Mm. The problem is we age because we lose hormones. Okay. Okay, so if we want to replace a deficiency, then we are aging optimally. Mm. Okay, so you can't st stop the aging process yet. Uh, <laughs> that's probably coming, but you know we can stop the, the, or stave off the diseases of aging, and we can age optimally. And part of that, because there's a lot to that. Sure. You know? Sure. We're complex beings. You know, for longevity, we need a lot of stuff. No, no. Actually, I take that back. We don't need too much for longevity. We actually do need hormone balance, though. We actually need sleep. Sleep is our greatest antioxidant. We need water, right? Because we're 90% water. We need to balance our supplements. And what I mean by that, not that we just have to go in and buy a bunch of supplements, but if we're deficient in vitamin D, we need to balance that because vitamin D is not just a vitamin, it's a hormone. Sure. Right? And so if we don't have enough vitamin D, we're not balanced, right? Uh, we need to balance our stress levels. I mean, I think that would be the most important thing. And that's where the mind, body, spirit comes in, and that's where sometimes the aromatherapy comes in, sure. and the acupuncture and the meditation. And that's all part of it, but a big part of it, because we're talking about it, is balancing the hormones. Mm -hmm. right. right. So you mentioned aging optimally and balancing hormones. So how does that differ for men and women, I guess, as we get older? So as we get older, uh, women feel the... Um, effects of losing hormones and it's really seen more frequently than with men okay. okay so men are more subtle in their loss of hormone but women get hot flashes they have trouble sleeping they might get angry they might get depressed they lose bone density uh, their cholesterol starts to elevate they start to break down their muscle you know they start to all of this uh catabolic stuff going on instead of the anabolic building right, up, right. right? so uh it's visible and the partner of the woman might see oh she's got the flashes today and she's not in a good mood and i'm gonna stay away but whereas a man uh it's more subtle 
Right. If they go he, buy a Porsche or he goes, something like that. Well, well that, that could be a, a midlife crisis, but for just the loss of hormones and andropause, it might be a subtle depression. So the man might feel blue or maybe he just doesn't feel like what he was doing. Mm. He should do this like he did when he was 20. And, and he chalks it up to just aging, you know. Right. And, you know, his bones are decreasing, but we don't pay a lot of attention to that, the bone density, you know. We pay attention to the women, uh, but, but not really the male, but they can have bone density loss too. So sure. osteopenia, osteoporosis, it's a big thing. And then what? It, when we age, when we break the bones, that's a big problem because then we're hospitalized. You know, so... It, it doesn't end well, especially right. when you get to... Uh, when they're more elderly and they have fractures and stuff like that, it usually right. is a problem. And, and, problem. and men, you know, kind of lose that cutting edge. You know, sure. Like, so, uh, and, and can get depressed and fatigued. You know, so... It's there, mm -hmm. and they're just chalking it up to, well, I'm getting older. Whereas the female sometimes is confused because she doesn't know why she's feeling like this. She doesn't know why she's getting the, the flashes and the flushes. And the male might just say, well, I'm getting older. You know, but, <laughs> but instead of saying, uh, gee, I shouldn't be feeling like this, and why am I feeling like this? And it's from a deficiency. And if I replace the deficiency, will I feel better? Right. Okay. So that's a call to action, really, to just keep in mind that... Uh, it's a message she's always had as long as I've known her is that, you know, you can age optimally and, you know, and you're in control of that. And it's not as always as clear for men, but, you know, uh, because of how she said it, it's more subtle. But certainly, you know, men should be also paying attention to uh, this conversation and uh, know that there's things that they can do about it. And while we're on the topic, we were talking about this before we... Um, do, could, do you care to comment at all about uh, what we were talking about as far as uh, ages and stuff like that? Because a lot of times, uh, conventional medicine, and uh, you, when you go to a doctor, they'll tell you, okay, well, now you're 65, you cannot have hormones anymore, you don't need them. Or, or you know, so, so things like that. Or even if you've had hysterectomy, oh, you don't need hormones anymore, or you don't need mm -hmm. progesterone. But it's yeah. like, what do you think of those types of things? Yeah, I don't think that that's true. I, th I think that uh, in the case of a hysterectomy, um, you don't need conventional hormones, which is the conventional pharmaceutical Premarin and Prempro, because uh, the World Health Initiative also already disproved, you know, proved that uh, we can increase breast cancer, we can increase blood clots with that, you know. So that's not what you need, but you need to replace the deficiency right. that was caused by maybe removing the ovaries, right? Because if you don't, then there's the imbalance and the bone density starts to mm -hmm. be lost and people gain weight and people feel depressed. And But if you replace that deficiency, just because the organ is removed now, you need to replace the same molecule. And if the brain sees that it has the same molecule, then it's doing its job. Right. You know? And you, so you're replacing a deficiency. And it's the same thing with a male. Uh, if they lose the hormone and you replace the deficiency, you're doing the job of what the gland would do if it were there right. or if it were working uh, as if yeah, you were yeah, 25 or 35. Right. Sure. So just because you turn 60, you know, with anti-aging, we're supposed to live uh, to 100 or 114 maybe even, right? <laughs> so how do we do that if we're going to be decompensating? You know, you have to replace deficiencies to feel better and sure. to be stronger and to... Uh, live competently and confidently uh, till you're 100 right, or 114. Sure. You, know, you don't want to be with a long list of medicines, you know, and in the nursing home. Sure. You, you want to be, you know, still driving your car maybe, you know, at, right, at 85. And, and being, right. Yeah. 
Sure, of course. And I'm, I'm glad you brought the hysterectomy up too, and then we kind of started getting to the deficiencies. So what are some other, I mean, obviously within functional medicine and your practice, typically your goal is to get to the root cause of what's causing that deficiency and trying to, you know, eliminate that cause and eliminate the deficiency as well, right? So what are some common um, causes or factors that can lead to the hormone deficiency as we age? Yeah, so it doesn't have to be surgical castration, right, with a hysterectomy. Uh, we age because we lose hormones, but why uh, could somebody who's a male at age 30 have low T? Because mm -hmm. it definitely is happening today, right? Mm -hmm. It's happening because we look at other things in the environment, right? It's, it, we look at genes and we look at the environment and what the environment does to the gene, right? So in the environment, we have heavy metals now, right? We have plastics. They all affect hormone balance, right? So, and then we have the stress, right? Mind, body, spirit. And people have uh, the striving for the high power job because they want the car and they want this <laughs> and they want that. And it's a lot. It's overwhelming, you know, but if we have all of this and uh, aluminum in your deodorant for the heavy metals, you know, it's, it's going to impact on hormone balance and people don't realize this. And so if, if they realized it, they would recheck their home and say, well, what, what is affecting me heavy metal wise? They would Probably, we were talking earlier, when you go into something like Dunkin' Donuts, you probably go in with your stainless steel mug rather than take the plastic. And when you're taking your hot coffee with the plastic lid and it's melting into your coffee and you're drinking it down and you're disrupting your hormones. You know what I think part of it might be too? Do you think, I mean, my perception is that some people may think it's like a, a fruitless endeavor or it's just futile because of the overwhelming amount of all of those plastics and things in society, you know, like, oh man, now I got to change this cup and now I got to do this and now I can't use this and now I can't use that. And it's just like, I find that inaction often comes from the feelings of being overwhelmed and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff like that. It seems overwhelming because it is, yeah. you know, we live in a very toxic society, but if you don't take the first steps, and if you don't take the steps to say, well, maybe I can't cut it all out, but if I do 50% of it, then I'm 50% on my way of being healthier. Sure. No. no, that makes sense. Right. Are you going to add something there? Sorry. Uh, no. no. Okay. So I guess what, if someone is kind of at the beginning, initial stages of this, and maybe they're experiencing some of those uh, symptoms that you kind of outlined uh, towards the beginning of this discussion, what would action would you recommend for people who are kind of in that phase and like, hey, you know what, I'm feeling this kind of, this kind of resonates with me. What would you recommend to those people? Yeah, it, well, it, it's different if it's male or female, sure, right? Sure. But if we take a typical female, uh, the female, you know, you just, it's not a knee jerk thing where you just say, here, you take the hormone. You know, it's, you got to look at what their lifestyle is, you know, so what is their diet like? Are they exercising? Are they deficient in certain vitamins like vitamin D? You know, are they really hormonally deficient? And a female becomes progesterone deficient at age 35. Okay. And really quickly, we lose progesterone from 35 until menopause. If a female is stressed, besides losing from your age, you're shunting whatever progesterone you have to make cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone, and it gives you the gas in your tank to deal with your stress, but it robs your progesterone. Mm. So estrogen and progesterone should be balanced, and if you're robbing your progesterone, then women are becoming estrogen excessive on their own means. They're not giving more estrogen, but estrogen is a growth hormone. 
So estrogen makes them gain weight and cortisol makes them store typically right around the midriff mm -hmm. where they make more estrogen, you know, uh, because of the stress. And so really they have to think about, well, what are my stressors and what can I change and what can I change? And if I can't change it, do I change the way I respond to it? And yes, we need progesterone. But if all of those other things aren't taken into account and we just give progesterone, then we're feeding the monster, so to speak, because sure. the stress is still there and the progesterone right. is being shunted mm, down. And, interesting. And then it's a cortisol response. And, and then eventually they become adrenally fatigued because they're always stressed. They're always on. Right. It's a vicious cycle. Right. Well, that's why I uh, you know, admire and you know, uh, respect the way you treat the patients because you're looking at the whole picture and you're, you're, you're also asking questions about what's going on in their life. Are they sleeping? Are they getting, eating right? Uh, you know, all these other things because it all... It all works together. It's not just to replace progesterone, uh, which is the simple solution because it seems like the shirt's most likely low. Um, but. So if, and progesterone is very important, but if right. you just gave progesterone and you didn't do that and they were gaining weight and had extra estrogen, right? In the, the peripheral fat tissue, there's a lot of toxin. We hold toxin and we hold the bad estrogen in fat tissue. Mm -hmm. So estrone is the bad estrogen. And that's the bad actor on the breast for women, and it's the bad actor on the prostate for men. So if genetically that woman or that male can't, because men make estrogen too, and women make testosterone, we just don't want a lot of it for the woman because she'd want to kill somebody <laughs> and get very aggressive and get pimples and hair loss on, on her head. But the male, on the other hand, doesn't want a lot of estrogen because if he can't metabolize that, that's going to affect the prostate. So breast and prostate are similar tissue. And so it's very important if somebody decides to take a hormone like progesterone to start, because that's really what she's losing at this age, right, uh, that she's not going to change it to estrogen and that she watches what we do with the weight because the weight is estrogenic sure right? and the weight is carrying toxins and the bad estrogen so if we can metabolize the bad estrogen and prove it by doing blood work and uh, looking at different lab values then we know we're keeping her healthy right sure right and yeah. same thing with the male if he's uh, watching his weight and he's not making a lot of estrogen and if he is if he's metabolizing it properly we can protect even if he has a gene for possible prostate cancer, we might protect him from getting that, right? Gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. And related to that too, so in the personal trainer nutrition world a lot, I hear, you know, everyone talks about, okay, losing weight comes down to calories consumed versus calories burned. Obviously, as kind of we're talking about here too, and you just alluded to, calories burned is a very, very complex thing. And there's a lot more factors than just I exercised, I got my steps in, my Apple Watch said good job and that kind of stuff, right? right? So something I hear a lot and of course, you know, there are little things and little habits you can do in, to be healthier and adherence to those habits is important. But I hear a lot, well, the vast majority of people, including, you know, women who are going through some of these hormone changes, the vast majority should just be able to lose weight and to be healthier with some of these habits. And not even talking about looking like Gwyneth Paltrow or something like that, but being healthier. How do you feel about that? What, where do you feel the hormone factor comes into balance when, you know, people are getting this advice from people are hearing these things in the nutrition world. So calories in and calories out is a big part of the equation, but it's not the only part of the right. equation. You know, so all of the things that we talked about, like stress and hormone balance and um, 
toxins all play a part, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, you know, if you know, it's interesting if we don't detoxify, uh, you're not going to get the toxins out. You're going to hold on to inflammation, and inflammation causes disease, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you got to detoxify and put out the fire. The word flame is inflammation, right? <laughs> Uh, and that's a big part of what starts the weight loss process, detoxification. Mm -hmm. And in what are the toxins in that particular person, right? And that's where functional medicine comes in because that's where you can mention, measure, you know, what are the toxins? Are they exposed to heavy metals? Are they really doing plastic water bottles all of the time, you know? Are they exposed to things in their home? You know, there's heavy metals even in our ducts for heat. Mm. You know, so we can be inhaling them if they don't have a good, uh, where you spend eight hours of your day is sleeping, right? So if they don't have a good air purifier, uh, we might be inundated with metals or mold. Right. What if there's mold in the house, right? right? Work, sure. And so all of this causes inflammation and inflammation causes weight gain. Mm -hmm. And then if on top of that, we're aging and our hormone balance is off, we're gaining weight and sure. the whole picture is not there if that's not taken into consideration. Sure. Sure, that makes perfect sense. Um, cool, that was, that was extremely insightful. Um, in the next episode, we're going to move on to some more specifics about hormone replacement therapy and that kind of stuff, um, which I'm sure will be a great discussion as well. Is there anything you kind of want to add to wrap this episode up as it relates to just hormone health in general or any last words of advice you'd give? I had a, a question for you just about when, when you talk about detoxification, what, what exactly uh, are some of the you know, basics with that when you're... Yeah, so the best way to detox is sweat, right? Mm -hmm. So if you exercise, you know, and you sweat it out, but if you're, if you're not able to exercise because your knees are, are sore or sure. something, the, the best thing is an infrared sauna. So infrared sauna is the healthiest way to detox. And, uh, you know, it's got the frequencies of the sun without the dangers of the sun. Mm. And basically, we should be able to do an infrared sun if we're lucky enough every day. Now, who <laughs> 30 minutes a day, who has that time, right? But it's healthy, mm. right? And, you know, how do we detox? We detox through bowel movements. We detox through urine. Uh, the skin is a big detoxer and the liver. You know, so if we keep our liver healthy, there are liver supplements that you can take. Uh, you can avoid certain things that are going to affect the liver. Avoiding multiple medications that have to be broken down in the liver sure. uh, would be good. So if we uh, make our goal that as we age, we don't want to be on a list of high blood pressure, high cholesterol meds. You know, we want to do what we can with lifestyle changes. And when we make the lifestyle change, part of that might be the supplement that we need. Definitely a hormone is is involved as well uh, and not everybody is like we were talking before is a candidate for hormones sure uh, whether they're fearful of hormones whether they have a family history or a history themselves of cancer um, you know even though in even in certain cancers certain hormones are permitted you know you don't want the estrogens if that's where we're headed and you don't want the conventional uh, estrogens which already have that risk in them because estrone which is the bad actor on the breast, is already in Premarin. Right. You know? So if you're giving that and you're genetically not be able to, to break it down, that's a problem. But you know, if, uh, if you're serious about your health, you know, it, it is overwhelming. It's a commitment. <laughs> you know? But um, you know, it'd be great if we could just commit to ourselves and being healthy all the time. You don't have to worry. But stress gets in the way and life gets in the way and that's what right. interferes and that's where balance comes in. So we need the balance. And if we don't have the balance, there's dis-ease. 
But detox, something as simple as sweat or right. having three bowel movements during the day. You know, a lot of people tell me they don't have three bowel movements. They have one. Well, they're not detoxing. Sure. Well enough. Even water, right? If, I would imagine if you're increasing yeah. your... It's people don't yeah, drink so, enough water. Well, the amount of water that you're supposed to drink is you take your weight and you divide it by two, and you're supposed to drink that amount in ounces. And if you're using essential oils to detox, which a lot of people do, they make their own capsules or they're diffusing, uh, you have to add another 8 to 16 ounces of water. Right, so, so that's quite a bit. Damn, wow. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Wow. And how many of us can really say we do that? You know? Yeah, sure, sure. Cool. Well, thank you. That was an extremely insightful discussion. Um, we'll have more insights and in a deeper dive into hormones and hormone therapy in the next episode with Dr. Boyle. If you're interested in seeing more information about her and her practice, the link to the website is provided here as well. So feel free to check that out. Thank you so much for joining us. That was awesome. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks. Thank you, thank you as well. On the next episode of Behind the Counter, I developed five autoimmune conditions. And none of my colleagues could help me because they wanted to give me conventional meds, right. which I didn't want to take because that would make things worse. And they wanted to do surgery with uh, some of the uh, nodules that I had. And I said, I'm a surgeon. I don't want to do that. Right? So